Today on Locked On Canadians, does the Battle of Alberta mean the Nordiques need to come back? We say yes. Plus, what is D-Show ceiling? And lots more coming up on today's Locked On Canadians. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 619 of Locked On Canadians, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. My name is Laura Saba, also known as The Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla. Big programming note first, though. We are recording this episode before the Rochester-Utica game, so we don't yet know... Laval's schedule or who their opponent will be at the time that we are recording this, but you will know at the time that you're listening to it. Just so you know, Scott, how are you doing? Are you excited to watch this game and from a neutral slash Laval Rocket perspective? It's funny is that I'm looking at this game and I'm going, why would I not cheer for my hometown team? Because being from Rochester, the vibes are immaculate in downtown Rochester. They had almost 11,000 people. They sold out the building for games uh, three and four against Utica. It's one, it's a three-way rivalry. The New York teams always uh, bring it. I am excited to watch. I'm excited to kind of see how this all goes in the background there because it it's who the Rocket play next. Their first game, regardless of which team wins, will be Sunday the 22nd, whether that be at Plas Bell or in Utica. Obviously, to whoever wins this game here, I'm very, very excited to see uh, what goes on with that? But first, it is the Friday mailbag, is it not? I understand you have some YouTube comments slash questions for us. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you want to send us mailbag questions, obviously you can do so on YouTube as long as you're nice to us. Um, you don't have to agree with us. You just have to be nice to us. Um, and Rick B., frequent commenter, longtime listener, actually has a few comments. The first thing was that he didn't mention the podcast that he found this on, but apparently we're not the only people that think that Joel Bouchard doesn't need to come back. So that was just a comment that he said that, you know, uh, it's not necessary. A lot of people asked about it so we brought it up and actually somebody asked about it as a mailback question so we're answering it today uh or we answered it yesterday another thing is that for Caden Primo right uh we're talking about can he develop and should the Canadians uh sort of move D show to the ECHL or Laval from where he is and I would say that seems like a rush to me I look at it this way is that uh, D show is in a great spot. He went from hockey house Fenskin where he was playing in the second tier there, got a couple of games at uh, the SHL level. And he's now moving to Frolunda to be in that program there. And it's all due respect to the AHL and the ECHL and whatnot playing for one of the best teams in Sweden is better for his development than going to the AHL right now where you're going to have to split time then with Caden Primo. We don't know what Frederick Dishow's ceiling is. We know, and Patrick Bixell has told us, he thinks there's a lot there to build on, but he's still young. His game is still growing. He still has some growing to do. I am not in a rush to get him across the Atlantic right now. And his final question is, how are you guys seeing Norlinder in this playoffs? My read has been 
he's been unnoticeable. And I wonder how much of that is just the fact that Hul is playing him as the seventh defenseman. I've, with Matthias Norlinder so far, the biggest thing with him is I noticed he's cleaning up a lot of reading gap errors that he was making before and even still kind of makes from time to time. But I've noticed him in the offensive zone making smart plays. They're not flashy. They're not, you know, super high end. He is, he's doing what is needed of him. And I think part of this is who wanted to bring him along. You don't want to just throw him in the deep end when you're facing elimination and whatnot. And your defenseman being unnoticeable isn't always a bad thing. So I'm not super concerned about uh, Matthias Norlinder right now. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been a superstar. He's been, he's been just fine, which is perfectly all right. And so we're done with the YouTube questions for now. Uh, you can always comment in our YouTube and I'll save the question for the future mailbag. Uh, we can move on to our Twitter questions. If you ever want to send us Twitter questions, you can tweet them at LO underscore Canadians or at one of our Twitter handles at the active stick for me or at Scott Matla for Scott. All right. So we're going to jump right in this here because this is, I think, going to be the one on everyone's mind after the first, second night of round two of the playoffs uh, from our friend Goalie Droid. To make a non-Habs question into a Habs question, is the Battle of Alberta good enough to make an argument for bringing the Nordiques back? And for those who might have missed this, there were 15 goals. Brady Kachuk, or sorry, Matthew Kachuk, chirped Evander Kane about needing money. Dudes fought each other, and Brady Kachuk is in the stands with two beers in his back pockets, two beers in his hands, and is just doing the frat broiest impression I have ever seen. And I need more of it. I need so much more of the Battle of Alberta. And my first thought is, if you bring back the Nordiques, I don't know if it'll be this level of hatred right away, but I do not think it'll take long to get there. I was in favor of bringing the Nordiques back, and then I have watched 60 minutes of this, and I immediately need it. More yeah. than I did before. A hundred percent. The Battle of Alberta. I'm so excited that game one didn't turn out to be a dud. It was amazing. Goaltending was completely optional. Uh, There's a lot of hate between these teams. The atmosphere in Calgary seemed amazing. I, you know, I, I hook it right up to my veins. I need more of it. I live for it. I would die without it. I need seven games of this. There better be seven games of this. Mike Smith, do not let me down. Do not, do not let me down. Connor McDavid, please carry the team on your back. I We have established that we would like Calgary to win uh, for Tyler Toffoli and for our friends at the Scorch Stack, as, for, as well as for Jess Belmasto. But I just want it to be seven games. If this ends in less than seven games, that to me will be the biggest loss. As for the Quebec Nordiques, yes, absolutely yes. You can pluck any team from the NHL or create a new one and put it in there and the instant the puck drops on the preseason, you know the rivalry is going to start back up again. It is amazing. Like Battle of Ontario was fun when it was when both teams were good. Battle of Alberta's fun now that both teams are good or ish. Uh, let's say one team is complete <laughs> and the other team is 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 missing some pieces. Has Mike and, Smith on it? Like <laughs> right. defense optional. Um, but that's the thing. Like you bring in the Nordiques doesn't matter how bad the Habs are. It doesn't matter how bad the Nordiques will be. The rivalry will be one for the ages. Like, we will be crying for it, right? Like, we'll forget Toronto. We'll forget Boston. We'll forget all the other teams. We don't like Tampa. 
we'll just like, we'll, it, it'll just be so amazing. So I'm always 100% yes. I know there's so many nuances to moving a team to Quebec City and the support, the corporate support, blah, 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 all of that. I understand logistics, legal, the NHL doesn't want it, everything. I totally understand. But we need it is, is, is the conclusion to that. You know what else, though? We need to move on to our next segment. And we've got tons more questions coming up, including which executive would we poach from any front office if we could? And that's all coming up in just one moment. But first, let me remind everybody that Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It is delicious. We love Built Bar. It is always high in protein, low in sugar, but delicious. It does not have that whey protein taste or that weird grainy protein bar texture. You know the one I'm talking about if you've ever had a protein bar. Built Bar is not like that. And they have 18 delicious regular flavors. But let me tell you about the flavor that's currently out right now. It is the birthday cake flavor. And we die for it. We love it. And it's so convenient. You can take it on a hike with you now that it's the weather's great. You can go outside. You can take it, you know, on your workouts with you. I will have it as an on-the-go breakfast. They're so versatile. They're so delicious. And if you want to try these Built Bars that we never stop talking about, you know that you can go to Built.com and enter the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is Built.com and you can enter the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. All right, Scott, we are, we've got tons of questions. We're going to have to run through some of these. What yeah. do we have next in our mailbag? So our apologies if we need to expand on anything. We will try and do so going into our next episode on Monday. But there are a buttload of questions, which cool. Thank you. We love you all. I'm just going to start right at the top from all of them that I have here from Randy Hansen. Will there be any informal get-togethers at the draft this year for fans? So... Like the official team hasn't said anything even about like when the tickets or whatever are going to be available. Uh, I am not a hundred percent sure. I've heard of rumors of two happening that haven't been announced yet, but Scott and I will pick the one we like better and then tell you all which one we're going to be going to. So far, there aren't any that have been announced or I think they're still in the organizing stages. But because I live here, because, you know, we have relationships with our other podcasts, publications, blogs and all of that. Um, we know that there is at least two that are in the works and then maybe one will materialize or if both do, we'll just let everybody know which one we're We'll play some Brits. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. But so far, we don't know. Next question. Uh, Blake Biondi has the best name, doesn't he? You know what it sounds like? He sounds like a surfer name, right? Doesn't it sound like a guy who should be surfing? Yeah, it, well, his name's Blake. Like, he's either going to be a country western star or he's a <laughs> surfer bro with, like, the long, like, strawberry blonde hair and he worked at Hollister once. Like Or Frosted Tips. Uh, we're not bringing back frosted tips for the love of God. It is 2022. We are not bringing back frosted tips unless Carrie Price agrees to get frosted tips again. Then we can bring back frosted tips. Uh, from Tristan Tapscott, uh, is Jeff Petrie more tradable with Edmondson packaged in the deal? It depends on the team that's looking and how much cap space they have. Like if you put the two together, that's like, I think $10 million worth of cap. Uh, it's a lot. It's quite a lot. They do play very well together. But if you're a team that's trying to pick up Jeff Petrie, you're probably looking for a specific thing. And you probably have an idea on your team if there's somebody that can play with him. Uh, to me, it does make it a more complete package. But again, you're talking about a lot of cap space. And also, I don't know if the Canadians will want to part with two veteran defensemen. 
I, I look at this too and I go, they're, they're not going to go in the same deal. It would be lunacy to get rid of one of your only, you know, stable veterans on the defense core there. And unfortunately, like I don't see a trade involving both of them. Have, one, the cap's too much. Just in the without the cap going up, it's not going to happen. And I don't see them trading Joel Edmondson. They like him, even though he was a Bergevin acquisition and we've seen some of those kind of uh, move on their way out here. I don't think Edmonton's going anywhere. I think he means far too much to this team right now to ever have that happen. So um, from goalie droid, what do you think will happen with Samuel Montembeau? I think in terms of the organization doing the right thing by him, they need to qualify him or get him someplace to play if there's not room after asking him to play through his injury this season. I do think that the Canadians will extend him the courtesy of a qualifying offer. I think that if you listen to our episode with Dylan last week, uh, we talked about how he's going to make some team a really great backup goaltender. That seems to be, based on the way he's played, that, that seems to be his ceiling. Love Samuel Montambo, want the best for him. Don't know if, like, the Canadians have their question, like, their goaltending so up in the air right now that they kind of have to qualify him either way. But I, I do wish the best for him, is what I'll say about that. I look at it this way is that I'm not sure who's going to be on the rocket besides potentially Caden Primo next season. Kevin Poulin is likely open to coming back, but he's older and you, we, this is his peak. I don't know if he's going to have a better season than what he had this year. And Samuel Montembeau, I think would be a very nice compliment there and they can split that workload for the rocket. And then they have NHL ready call-ups then in that case. And again, we don't know what's going on with Carey Price. And I think uh, depending on him, we're going to get a lot of answers very quickly. Uh, from Mike O'Brand at Habs Laughs, if you could poach a front office executive from another team, who would it be? All right. So I don't know if Namita counts as an executive. I don't think she's an executive. But if I could poach anybody from another team, I would poach uh, Namita Nandakumar from the Seattle Kraken. Uh, she reports to Alex Manderke, I think. So I guess I, I would also bring her boss over, both of them from the Seattle Kraken. That to me was the first person that I thought of. Uh, and she might not be an executive in Seattle. She could be an executive in, in Montreal. I think that her analysis is always fantastic and astute. And the longer time goes on, the more I've realized what the Seattle Kraken are trying to do. And it makes a lot more sense than it did the day after the expansion draft. So I think that it's a really smart team. They know what they're doing and they understand the value of building your own, like drafting your own, making your own choices and not going with what the NHL gave you. So I personally, like that's who I would steal. And this is going a little longer than I intended. So Scott, your turn. Uh, my was, and then I realized though she doesn't actually work for the front office was Allison Lucan, who I think the Canadian should be hiring anyways, because she's so very, very good at what she does. But I also look at someone like Cami Granado or Namita Castonghi who have their own wealth of knowledge they bring and a diversity to the Canadians organization that I think would be much welcomed here. And they know their roles. They've do they've I know that they're just getting into their jobs here, but I look at this and there's a reason why they were sought after for both of these uh, jobs. And it's because they're gonna be damn good at what they do there. And that's something I would like to see in Montreal. I'd like to see that fresh wave of thinking we've seen that from Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon a little bit, but you know, I want to see that continue. I don't want it to be okay. We did X thing. I want it to keep going and keep going and build on that. I think that's really important. 
Um, and one more question for this segment, potentially from at short shift three, how adorable is Martin St. Louis serious answers only, please. Okay. Here's the thing. If you want me to be serious, I don't find him adorable. I find him gravitating. I find him, he has like a captivatingness about him. I know it's like, he's sweet and he's bringing, you know, he's, he's bringing fun back to the, to the Habs and all of that. I, I get that, but I don't find him adorable. I find him, um, like, I find his presence very grounding and captivating. And I just, there's something about him that's very intense. Like, he is a short king, and that is what I'll say about that. He has a gravitas to him that is, it's undeniable. Yes, the Canadians were a bad team, but you can't help but listen when he speaks all the time. You know, you can tune out coaches because they say the same bull crap every single time. You listen to Martin St. Louis speak and you believe what he he is saying. He has that ability and it makes me want to listen and listen to him intently. I don't listen to coach press conferences. And there's just something about that. And the fact that he is like, you know, this tall is also adding to that because he's probably the most intense guy in the building on a given night. But he's got a demeanor that doesn't show it. There's just it's captivating, like you said. And I, I'm very excited to see what he can do now with an offseason and, you know, time to work with this team instead of just getting thrown in there. And we've got tons more questions coming up, including what is our worst hockey take? And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, remember, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action bet online where the game starts all right scott let's rapid fire through the rest of the questions all right from paul brand show what is the canadians goaltending department looking like is sean burke coaching directing or something elsing who is doing what at which level since stefan wait was let go it seems that the goalie development has become more opaque maybe it's just me uh, I thought they let Sean Burke go. Uh, I, I might also thought so. Um, I might be wrong. And I believe uh, Eric Raymond is the one doing the coaching stuff now. Uh, I, I, I do not fully know. And I'm sure that is very much on their list right now. Um, in terms of goalie development, goalie development is opaque to begin with that. It's never a linear path. Uh, but I don't believe Sean Burke is with the Canadians organization anymore. I know he's still working for, I believe, Hockey Canada. Uh, but I do not believe he actually works for the Habs organization. I might be wrong. And if we are, I will eat that crow on Monday's episode. Yeah, well, we'll verify. But what from what I could find, he's not. Anyway. Uh, from, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong again. I'm so sorry. D.F. Pendries? Yes. Uh, similar questions may have likely been asked. So apologies if so, if I missed it. If Jeff Petrie is traded, who would be a good replacement for him to acquire who has lower salary, though likely less production? Oh, I was going to go who would be a good replacement is let's get Klingberg. <laughs> you want lower salary uh, and less production. Honestly, I'm not sure. I, I It's funny is that my first I'd be like, hey, where's Brett Kulak? What's he up to? Like, honestly, if you're trading Jeff Petrie, a guy like Brett Kulak makes a lot of sense. But I don't think he's going to come back to the Canadians at this point. And I think they're going to try and go younger there. 
whether that be through uh, free agency or uh, trading pieces out of that. I think they're going to look for a guy who maybe hasn't cracked the top four, but can be for the Canadians next season. Which hab would be fun to tour a museum with? I thought about this and I was like, who would enjoy it the most? Probably, probably, probably Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie seems to me like a museum guy, but who would I want to go with is Colt Buffield because he would be really fun to uh, hang out with. My thought is Nick Suzuki because I feel like Nick Suzuki loves a museum of some kind because that just seems like his thing. Uh, Jeff Petrie does also feel like a very safe bet for that as well. They both seem like the kind of person who would enjoy that. Uh, underrated side, I want to take Brendan Gallagher to like a science museum and watch him play with all like the giant science experiments just because I feel like if anyone's going to be shocked by anything there, it's going to be him. And I think that'd be a, a lot of fun there. Uh, from Beth from the Happy Hour, is there anyone you have in mind for special teams coaching? Honestly? This is going to sound insane. Bring back Markov as a special teams coach. Man, if there was anyone who could teach a guy like Matthias Norlinder or whomever to, you know, saucer a pass properly on the power play, it's probably Andre Markov. And I think one, bringing him back in the fold would be very, uh, would be a good thing to help mend some of the bridges that were burned when he went to go back to Russia. Uh, and my thought is uh, Paul Girard, who used to coach the Flames special teams, was a very good penalty killing coach. Uh, he is someone I think uh, I would be very interested in seeing, even if he's just a consultant for that. Um, if special teams improves and Carey Price comes back and is Carey Price, what is the earliest you think they could realistically win the Stanley Cup? I would say they're like four or five years away from that still. I'd say at least three years. They need some of these prospects to come to roost right now. The Sean Farrells, uh, Jordan Harris to develop a little bit. Uh, Romanov to take that next step and then you have aging vets in the core that you're going to have to replace if they can find it in three to four years I that's asking a lot it's very hard because you're you're banking it on Carey Price and goalie development which is a crapshoot at the best of times unfortunately so uh, and finally what is your role in the car during a road trip I'm always a driver I I am the navigator, typically. Um, I am navigator. I help control the music a little bit. I find the fun stuff to do while we are driving, which includes mainly trying to find places that serve cheese uh, a lot of the time because, you know, why not? Uh, from Blaine Potvin, what's your bucket list sporting event to attend? When the Habs win the Stanley Cup. Uh, I'd like to uh, I'd like to see a Champions League final. I'd like to see a World Cup game at some point. Uh, obviously, the Habs winning a Stanley Cup. Any of my sporting teams winning the championship, being there for it. Um, I would also love to attend like a marquee boxing event, honestly. And it's not wrestling, or it's not a, it's not technically a sport. I want to go to WrestleMania. I've always <laughs> wanted to go to WrestleMania uh, both nights because I am an insane person. But it's always been on my list. So uh, I'm going to save this question for a second from now from Randy Hansen. Again, the hiring of Chris Boucher to run the analytics department is great news. He has openly disagreed with some promoted views on players in the past. Can we expect him to continue to be a contrary voice going forward? 
I think that's going to be his job, to be honest. I think any front office that kind of knows how this works will understand that at some points, your numbers guys are not going to match up with what your traditional guys are telling you. It just, that's the way it is, right? So as a front office, it's you to make the decision based on the different pieces of information that you're getting. And I think that's perfectly fine. And what I think is really important, and this is something that I'm not... It's a lot of speculation at this point, but it's been out there enough that I would say that the previous front office many years ago uh, parted ways. I don't know if it was the analytics person or if it was the person that made the decision, but the the opinion on the P.K. Subban trade was very strong and they parted ways. So whatever happened there, it's not like it's I'm, I'm not at liberty to say or not. It's not that I it's, it's, it's that I don't actually know. I've heard both sides of the story. Right. But clearly that whether where there's smoke, there's fire. That was the the uh, cattle catalyzing event, whatever it was. Anyway, that was the precipitating event. Anyway, if you're going to be a front office, it's going to hire an analytics team. You still have the final say. It's not like your analytics person is making your decision. So you're going to listen to everything and you're going to take your opinion based on what you've assessed from the information that everybody's giving you. So I really hope that you didn't hire somebody just to parrot your own opinions back at you. Yeah, it's I think narrowing it down to, oh, is he just there to be the contrarian voice? I think is a little bit unfair to him. I think he's there to provide context and help for a very young coaching staff in terms of uh, uh, experience and a front office with a brand new GM. So I'm very interested to see what else they do with this department and everything else. So, all right. Um, you know what? We can do this one right now. What is your most cancel worthy hockey take? I don't know if it's cancel worthy. I think the hockey men would cancel me, but my hot hockey take is that if you've been a head coach or a general manager of a team, and you resign, don't get re-signed, get fired, then you need to take at least three years back in the juniors or doing something completely different before you can be hired for another front office job. Hmm. I was going to say, mine was actually that just like he was better than Gretzky and Martin Brodeur is overrated, but that's actually like, yours is actually cancel worthy because you just made the hockey men very angry. So like, I'm going to get canceled and I don't care. It, you have to come up with new, this is the only way we get new blood in there. This is literally like you just you can't maybe make it five years. I don't know. But you you go on TV, write a book, go fishing, whatever it is. You cannot have another front office job for a specific period of time so that the NHL is forced to rethink the way that they do hiring. Also, my other it's not really a cancer worthy hockey take. I just think it should happen is goalies have to serve their own penalties. You get in a fight, you go sit in the box for five minutes with the other goalie. You take a tripping penalty, you go sit in the box for two minutes. Yeah. And who plays goal? The other goalie. Oh. Guess what? You were sitting on the bench eating spicy pork and broccoli too bad. You better not poop yourself when you get in there. Guess what? You're in the net because so-and-so decided to take a delay a game penalty. It's funnier that way. It is funnier. All right. I I like Uh, yours. All right. Uh, From Ian... The Lockdown brand expands beyond sports. They want to eat. They want you each to host a Lockdown show that isn't about sports. What could you talk about for thirty minutes a day, five days a week? Lipstick. <laughs> I was gonna say beer. So, like, we're very on brand for both of ourselves here. If not that, like, lore from video games, like Skyrim or Fallout or something like that, because there's so much of it, and I have spent many, many hours, days, weeks, months of my life playing those games that I could probably do something on that. 
Last question from our nemesis. Which big cat would you most want as a pet? Um, I would want lions. I kind of want a tiger, a white tiger, because they're majestic and giant. Um, truth be told, they're terrifying, though, and I don't try. I, I saw a Tiger King more than once for some <laughs> godforsaken reason. Uh, I, I, if the FBI is listening to this, I do not want a big cat. If I wanted a, if I wanted a needy furry animal, I would just go get the cat that's upstairs already. Uh, my answer is she's <laughs> hiding somewhere upstairs, I'm sure. But a white tiger is on my list. And failing that, a uh, a cougar. Okay, that makes sense. I just want a lion because I'm a Leo. Like I have like my my horoscope is Leo Sun Leo Moon, which I don't even know what that really means. But I was just like I identify with lions plus my hair and stuff. So anyway. Is that all we have in the mailbag? That was everything in our mailbag questions, yes. So we're going to thank everybody for your mailbag questions. This was a really fun episode to do because your questions were super, super fun. Uh, and if you ever want to send us mailbag questions, you can email us at lockedoncaninas at gmail.com. If you subscribe to us on YouTube, you can leave comments and uh, ask your questions in the comments. And I will screenshot them and hope to remember them when we do our next mailbag. Uh, always, always be respectful, not just of us, of other commenters as well. Uh, you can also at LO underscore Canadians. While you're doing that, I'll follow LO underscore Canadians. You'll find me on Twitter at Actus. You'll find Scott at Scott Matla. And when you are done listening to this, check out Locked On NHL, where they have playoff every on power rankings, storylines, literally everything. You'll find them wherever you find us, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next week.